you found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. We say hello to you here on a Tuesday. Jim and Trent, everybody, at 264-1700, 264-1700, if you want to get in on the conversation. And a great show lined up for you today. Coming up 420, we'll do some Cyclone Talk with Alex Halstead, 24-7 Cyclone Alert. 440, Steve Batterson on the Hawks, Quad City Times. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, Sean Tomlinson, Bleacher Report. We'll do a lot of NFL draft talk how are you pal oh not too bad jimmy b just uh making my way through another chilly day warming up a little bit out there but yeah what can you do you know it's it's yeah until tomorrow morning Uh, yeah i know until tomorrow morning we get more snow (laughs) god oh it's awful absolutely Uh, awful you'll be fine jimmy b it's all right it's not a big deal we're here to talk about things more pertinent than the weather because you can't change the weather well you really can't change sports but we can holler about it. We'll do that for the next couple of hours here. Mention the guest list today. A lot of Cyclone and Hawkeye talk as spring football has come to conclusion for Iowa State. I will wrap things up on Friday night over at Kinnick Stadium with their final practice open to uh, people. And some good news today as it was announced that they actually will be streaming the uh, the telecast on BTN to go. So you can at least get a look if you're not able to make it over to Iowa City on Friday night. At least get a look at it and see the guys out there running around a little bit, making some plays. Always nice when we get that. Look, at uh, it's it's not about uh, – it always cracks me up where fans go, well, what do you think we're going to see? Well, you're going to see nothing. You're just going to see a practice. That's That's what it is. But it's better than nothing because it's college football. And if you're a Hawk fan, it's your team. Iowa State fans, they got – shafted because of the lousy weather and Iowa State did the correct thing Wisconsin canceled theirs Michigan canceled I mean a lot of schools canceled West Virginia because of the uh, bad weather but at least uh, Iowa will be able to at least have their practice trend I think they're only going to work what like about a 70 yard field because of the construction at the north end right right that, that's all they have so they can't even play a real game because they don't have room no. to play a real game. And yeah. you can't get upset about that because the new north end zone, that thing is going to be absolutely a thing of beauty. And you look at the renovation that they're doing and uh, all the work that they're putting into that. It's going to be really cool when that is completed. And, and for the rich people, hey, if you're uh, ever looking for a guest that wants to uh, sit with you in those new uh, sweet boxes, <laughs> uh, make a call over here to, to TC, not the Jimmy B part, because Jimmy B doesn't even go to Iowa City. He, he hates Iowa City. I don't hate it at all. Will you stop that? Just stop it. Look, I, if somebody invited me to go hang out in one of the boxes, I'd certainly go. You know me. I, I'll, I'll make an appearance like that. But you've never been to Iowa City. Yes, I have. I've driven through it lots of times. No, you've never been to Iowa City. You've been by Iowa City. You've never been in Iowa City. I pulled off for gas. No, 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 no. That's not, not, that not what we're count? talking about. So you've worked oh. in this market now for how many years? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Yes. And never yes. once have you gone to Iowa City to cover a game. That's correct. That's deplorable. You love the word deplorable. That's deplorable, Jimmy B. (laughs) 
I resemble that remark, too. Uh-huh. I do. I do. Hey, that's a long drive for me. Come on, man. You know, it's difficult for me once I get the Metamucil down in the morning and take care of my business and everything. I got stuff I got to do before I can even leave the house when you're my age. Take care of the business in the morning. What's going on over there? <laughs> Jeez, Shaggy. I don't think I want to know. Just leave that one alone. Leave that one yes. alone. Well, last yes. night, uh, I watched a lot of NBA last night. Just two games in action, but I had a feeling about the Heat. I told you before the series, that was my yeah. my long shot pick. And Dwayne Wade, he came out and he played just an outstanding game. They got a lot of different guys that they can throw out you uh, out at you. Sixers came roaring back there, but it was a really entertaining game last night. Really enjoyed that one. Ben Simmons, boy, I mean, you, you hear he can't shoot. Yeah, he can't shoot from the outside, Kenny. No, he cannot. Uh, that's a real struggle for him. And that's uh, teams are, are taking note of that, watching this series. So if Philly were to advance, they're going to give him that outside shot and play off of him and that way try to take away his drive to the basket. Trent, he's sensational going to the rim. We both know that. A guy at his size at about 6'10", and the way that he can handle the basketball and take you right to the rack. But you're absolutely correct about his situation. Is I mean, a 15-foot jump shot is like torture to watch him take that shot. So this will be, be really interesting. Uh, to see how this series now plays out, now that Miami kind of has a blueprint of how to slow down Philadelphia. The key, of course, is Joel Embiid. He did not play last night. He's upset. I don't know if you've seen some of his tweets, but he's upset that the team won't let him get in because he wants to play. And you know, look, the, the, if the doctors say, no, man, you gotta, you, you can't play yet, you got to do what the doctors say. You just can't go out there. So it'll be interesting to see if Embiid gets back into the lineup here for Game 3. Yeah, he wants to be back out there. NBA tonight, three games going on. We'll keep an eye certainly on that one. And uh, finally get my T-Wolves tomorrow night in Game Number 2. Feels like another forever. Right? You get these long yes. like two game days in between, Jimmy B. I just... It's too much, but I won't complain about that, at least right now. I'll complain about it another day, and we'll save that one for another. Hey, over in Iowa City today, speaking of Iowa City, uh, the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Hawkeyes, Brian Ferentz and Phil Parker, respectively, they joined uh, the media scrum and talked a little bit about their squads. Any takeaways from you? Listen to what what Coach Ferentz, Brian Ferentz, had to say along with Phil Parker. Um, let's. I'll start with Ferentz first. Um, I thought it was interesting when he was asked a question about you know your first uh, season as a uh, OC, and he said, "I thought I did okay. I got to I got to improve." Uh, well, the guy's being honest. He, uh, he doesn't give you coach speak like, "Yeah, I did some pretty good things in the first couple of games, and then we had a little setback, and I made some adjustments." And you know, he just told you straight up. I thought I did okay in my first season, and he did. Mm-hmm. And he said, but I got a lot of things I got to work on here to make it better. I, I, look, I, that's the one thing that I appreciate, appreciate about him. Trent, you and I both had that same conversation when, when, when we talked to that guy because he doesn't really mess around. He just tells you and, and doesn't give you coaching conversation. So I, I took that as a real positive uh, from Brian Ferentz, I, I really did. I, I saw on Twitter some people were saying, "Well, we pay him six hundred grand a year. How come?" No, no. I thought it was honest. I thought it was an honest 
an honest statement from a guy who is trying to hone his craft, and he's in his second year. And I think he will be better this coming season. Well, and just look at the last time before Brian Ferentz came aboard that they changed offensive coordinators. And you remember that year when they brought in GD Greg Davis, and it was awful. It was absolutely putrid. They went 4-8 and eight that year. It looked like they were trying to implement what he wanted to do and try to meld it with what Iowa had done historically under Kirk Ferentz, and it just it never worked. And even during his tenure, though there were bright moments, the offense, it just never got its feet you know, completely underneath it. A year ago, you saw a return to a lot of those things that you saw under previously Ken O'Keefe. They, they took more shots down the field. They actually utilized the middle of the football field. They did the things mm-hmm. that a lot of people wanted to see. And now you go through, you don't have to worry about terminology. That's all in place, changing of things. And, and right. it is a learning process, and everybody's got to get their feet wet at some point, whatever level it is, calling plays. It's, it's a skill that you can't, you can't just develop sitting up in the booth during practice and trying to do it. It's completely yeah. different with the 40-second yep. play clock when you're sitting up there, thinking forward, down distance, all the different things that go into it. It's a learning curve, and the learning curve in year number one, there were great games. There were terrible games. The Wisconsin game was awful. Right. Michigan State was bad. Yeah. They played incredibly poorly offensively in those games. But overall, I I think this team has a chance to take a step forward, and I think a big part of that is Brian Ferentz. Look, the guy's smart. He he knows what he is doing there. And and the thing that cracks me up, I mean, he is just – he is so different personality-wise than than his dad. Mm -hmm. You talk about night and day. Those are two guys that that are completely different – the way that they talk, the way that they go out in front of the media. He'll take some shots from time to time, things that Kirk certainly never does. It is uh, it is refreshing, though, like you said, to hear that. And and I just thought you learned something reading through it. Kirk Ferentz's press conference is Jimmy B. I mean, you look at a transcript from last week, you look at one from 20 years ago, <laughs> it's pretty much the same. I mean, yeah, yes, he'll, he'll drop a couple of names throughout the last 20 years. He'll drop a, a Dallas Clark reference or a Bob Sanders reference in there. But other than that, it's the same thing. Brian, a lot more entertaining to listen to. Absolutely. I found his comments, as I mentioned earlier, to be very refreshing and uh, pretty much uh, honest coming from him. Not just the same coach speak that you just referenced that you get most of the time. So from that standpoint, uh, I would think that Iowa fans should be excited. Look, you got a returning quarterback. You got guys that had that had uh, play uh, that that played minutes at running back. You've got a guys at wide receiver that had some minutes as wide receivers. You got an offensive line that's good. You've got things that you have to work on in the on the defensive side of the ball, particularly the linebacking core. But this team has a, a lot of solid components in it, and on the offensive side, if you can just become a little more creative. Uh, I'm not saying that you got to go to the spread or, or you know do something totally outrageous because that'll never happen at Iowa anyway as long as uh, Kirk is a head coach. But you know it seems to me that after that first year he might have even a little more room to uh, to change things up a little bit. And he's got complete confidence in his quarterback, and why shouldn't he? Yeah, a big season. And another thing that yeah. he mentioned was you know improving. 3,000 yards. He said he's not a big stats guy, but he thought that was a realistic benchmark to shoot for in passing yardage this year. And and one of the things that I loved, in fact, it's funny, I just brought this up yesterday, Jimmy B, uh, talking about the quarterback is you got to get that completion percentage up. Any more, mm-hmm. 56%. I mean, you go back 
20 years, in fact, when when Kurt took over, 20 years ago, your quarterback's completing 56% of his passes. In college football, you're in good shape. That anymore, I mean, the baseline to to be up there is probably right at that number, and he says that number needs to be up over 60%. Just how different the game is. And a part of it is that there's some easier throws out there that you have to complete, bubble screens and the like that you throw out there. But, But it's just anymore you have to be a lot more efficient in the passing game. And if Nate Stanley could take that step forward, yeah, everybody talked last year, oh, the, the long ball, he's so bad at those deep throws. He overthrows the guys each and every time. Sure, that's a part of it, but if he still struggles with that, and he, he, that never comes around, he's not making those passes because even the best quarterbacks are not completing 50% of those throws down the field. I mean, that, that's a, a 30% kind of throw when you're going deep that deep down the field. But if his completion percentage overall is at 62 63% this year, I think you're going to see a big evolution, a step forward offensively from the Hawks this year. And it helps. We got an All-American in Noah Font. I mean, more than anything, that's yeah, going to help out. Him and Hawkinson and what they can do in Hawkinson, the passing game. Yeah. Those two guys are excellent. They got a blocker in Whiting. I mean, they, just, they have a lot of pieces at tight end where wide receiver isn't nearly as important as it is for some other teams in college football just because of the way they're built and how talented they are at tight end. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And look, they they do have some offensive weapons. They really do. And it'll be interesting to see if indeed Ference has just tweaked things a little bit more. You saw it a little bit last year. And now with that year under his belt, more confidence and knowing to go through as an offensive coordinator. And you you made the correct uh, assumptions when you said you have to sit in that box and understand time, distance, which play works best that you believe, uh, scouting what the defense is trying to do to stop you and then making the correct play call. I mean, that just doesn't happen overnight. You mm-hmm. can't do it playing flag football with the boys out on the field uh, over Thanksgiving. So you got to be under fire, and he was all season long. So I look for it to be uh, an improved offense uh, this coming season. Well, we'll talk more Hawkeyes. We'll get into what Phil Parker had to say, maybe yep. getting a, a better picture of what's happening in that linebacker group that you mentioned, Jim. Monty Jones continues his ascension up, made the move over to the middle linebacker spot, and looks like he's now the front runner to take over at middle linebacker. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more with Steve Batterson coming up here at about 440. But coming up next, we're talking Cyclones as Iowa State concluded their spring practice over the weekend. Alex Halstead will join us, CycloneAlert.com. We'll break that down. What's the latest happening in terms of basketball, looking out in the transfer market? Alex will give us some names on that as well. We're talking Cyclone football and basketball next here as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. It's Jimmy B and TC. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC. Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. All of us parents have heard about skyrocketing college tuition costs and staggering student loan debt for graduates and naturally wonder, what can you do? We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammon, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. A 529 college savings plan allows parents or relatives to set aside money for their future college students and possibly save on taxes too. With an automatic monthly savings plan, this makes for a simple and steady way to add to this account. For information, visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 one one three three. 
Sponsored by Tomorrow Sleep, a new Tomorrow hybrid mattress designed by sleep experts at Serta Simmons. Visit GetTomorrowSleep.com. Use code TRAFFIC3 for $200 off when you spend $500 or more. When you're on the water, you want a boat that offers stability, handling, and performance. And that's just what you'll get in a Manitou pontoon boat from Malone Motorsports in Monroe. Manitou's patented V-Tune technology will have you carving the water, giving thrill rides to the skiers and tubers in your crew. It's this type of performance that has helped Manitou pontoon boats dominate the competition at the McCainer Barrel Races four straight years. If a Manitou pontoon boat can do that in competition, just think of all the fun you can have on the water with your family and friends. Be ready when that first nice weekend hits. Head to Malone Motorsports now and let their pros help find the perfect Manitou pontoon boat for you. They can explain all about Manitou's V-Tune technology, their quality guarantee, and why they're the only pontoon manufacturer to earn the honor of being a USA water ski endorsed water sports boat malone motorsports in monroe at the junction of highways 14 and 163 they're worth the drive and open seven days a week to keep you on the water online malone motorsports.net it's official weekends at buffalo wild wings just got better for a limited time get three dollar select domestic pint beers and four dollar select shareables all day saturday and sunday weekends are also for sports as mandated by buffalo wild wings watch all the games with people that are here for the right reason with dozens of beers on tap and 21 different flavors of sauces and seasonings. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. See participating location for details. Restrictions apply. Please drink responsibly. My name is Becky Mumi, and I'm with the Sparkle Run. This is our fifth year of the Sparkle Run in memory of Aaron Mumi, who passed away from leukemia in October of 2013. The Sparkle Run benefits local nonprofits who support families affected by childhood cancer. This year's event is on Sunday, May 6th, and will benefit the Pinky Swear Foundation, who supports families through rent and mortgage payments, car payments, insurance, child care, and gas cards. We will have family activities and packet pickup from 12 to 2 p.m., a 5K walk and run at 2 p.m., and a one-mile fun run at 3 p.m. All this is held at DMAC in Ankeny. For more information or to register, go to getmeregister.com backslash the sparkle run. Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory trained service department and will work on any American-made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa featuring Mighty M Industrial Pressure Washers. Mighty M built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online washersystems.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. To enjoy life indoors during Iowa's hottest months, call Logier Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save $3,400 or more with combined rebates on a new Dave Lennox signature system from Logier. Check out LogierHeatingCooling.com for details. For over 110 years, Logier has made Central Iowans happy inside. See customer reviews on Google, Facebook, and the Des Moines BBB website. Call Logier at 267-1000. We make you happy inside. Guys, Trent Condon here again for New Leaf Wellness. 
Warm weather is going to be here before you know it. And if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment programs designed specifically for you. I'm on the GAC and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level. No more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers. It's time for your daily dose of Cyclone coverage on 1700 KBGG. All right, everybody, we are back as we roll all the way to six. Oh, what an introduction for uh, our next guest, Alex Halstead, 24-7 Cyclone Alert. He's on with us right now. Um, Alex, good afternoon to you, and let's start first a, a little bit about uh, what took place uh, at the uh, the final practice for Iowa State and just the conversations that you had with the coaches after all of that took place. Yeah, so obviously, you know, it was supposed to be the spring game, and so what it ended up being is just an indoor closed scrimmage. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the whole team and everything was just like a normal scrimmage. I think families were there. There were some recruits there, but... Other than that, you know, not a lot, you know, public facing in terms of people getting to see it. And so we don't know a lot in terms of what we saw, you know, because we didn't see anything. But, you know, Matt Campbell said that they ran about 72 plays. Uh, it was a normal offensive versus defensive scrimmage like like they would have done. But he did say the one thing that changed maybe a little bit because it was indoors and because it was private, he said they did a lot more schematically. They built on, you know, these last few practices and the last scrimmages and did a lot more with, you know, scheme and things like that. Whereas he said it had it been, you know, like it would have been a spring game at Jack Trice in front of thousands of people, it they probably would have been a lot more vanilla. So he did call that a blessing in disguise that, you know, one of the things they did get out of it because of the weather was that they did do probably a lot more, and he said that this team needed that. So, um, you know, we didn't hear much about standouts. I think it sounded like Sheldon Crony had a few big runs. Um, obviously, we don't, I don't think David Montgomery's probably played a lot this spring in any of those scrimmages. So Sheldon Crowley's kind of been a guy that has been talked about as one of the, the standouts of the spring, and he had a couple big runs. And then Deshante Jones, I think, had a few big plays as well. But other than that, we didn't hear a ton new other than what we've heard from recent scrimmages. It's always good to get some of those new names out there, and uh, a few of the guys that you had a chance to talk to anticipated to be a pretty big part next year. Three redshirt freshmen that'll be uh, coming into next season. Want to start with the Ames kid, Colin Newell, and uh, saw a few things that you had, Alex, uh, with him and a couple other people out there on Saturday. An Ames kid, grew up a Cyclone fan, and, and when Matt Campbell got there to campus, Colin Newell kind of helped him along, it sounded like. Yeah, so, you know, Colin Newell, obviously, like you said, an Ames high kid, and Matt Campbell's first recruiting stop, you know, he, he, he got to Ames, I think, that Saturday night he agreed to the job, got to Ames that Sunday. That next Wednesday was the first time he went out on the recruiting trail once they kind of started to get things settled. And his first stop was to Ames High School and to see Colin Newell. And, and he did say that, that, you know, at that point in time, Colin Newell knew a lot more about Iowa State than Matt Campbell did. And so he said he kind of helped him in that regard. But Iowa State reaffirmed its offer that day uh, when Campbell was in there and then that April probably right around this time, Colin Newell committed. So it's been a little while since then, and a lot has changed with Newell. Newell arrived at Iowa State at 255 pounds. He's up to 290. And he went from, I wouldn't say not being on anyone's radar because he's one of those developing freshmen, but 
I don't think anyone had him on the radar coming into the spring as, hey, this guy could be one of the top five offensive linemen. But all of a sudden, you know, we started hearing more about Julian Good-Jones playing more at left guard in spring. And then we started hearing about uh, Colin Newell being at center. And so right now, Colin Newell has been mentioned in the group of Julian Good-Jones, Bryce Meeker, and Josh Knipple as one of the four most consistent linemen. And it sounds like he could be in line to start at center come fall. Uh, Alex, on the defensive side, uh, I'm curious about Tongamoa. Is is he going to get? Has he worked himself into getting more playing time? And, and if so, what's the the latest that you have on him? Yeah. So when when Tongamoa got to Iowa State, it was obviously late, and I think that just set him back to begin with. You know, he he got there like the the week of the first game, and so he wasn't going to play then. And he did get snaps here and there, but the big problem with him was just kind of a conditioning thing and, and a complete change from JUCO to, you know, high-level college football. Um, you know, when he got to Iowa State, they said that he gained about 25, 30 pounds because he went from JUCO where you don't have a nutrition program and you really don't get served meals. And when he got to Iowa State, you know, I received joke that there's this food all the time. You know, that <laughs> players get food, all the, they get fed all the time and all that. And I think he gained about 25 pounds, but they said he's worked all of that off. And so he's back down to about 300 pounds, which is where they want him. And Matt Campbell said that he has made strides, and he has gotten a lot better. The big thing with him is consistency. I think Campbell said that he can be as good as he wants to, but he's got to be a lot more consistent on a daily basis. But we have heard about him you know, playing next to Ray Lima at the def- defensive tackle spot. And then also you know, we've heard a little bit about him having the flexibility to move inside and outside. He's a lot faster than you would think he is a lot shiftier than you would think kids for 300 pounds, and I think that could help them. But the big thing is, you know, can he do it in games? And I think we'll find that out, I guess, come September. Another guy on that defensive side helping out maybe in the middle spot, Orion Vance, a redshirt freshman, Cedar Rapids, Washington. Loved watching his tape in high school. Thought he was a very talented guy. And people inside that building for a while have been talking about Orion Vance. Maybe had a chance to play last year as a true freshman. Decided to keep that redshirt on him, but... Vance uh, from the go-get, is is he a guy that might be seeing his first actual game action as a starter next year? Yeah, it's, it's very possible. And, you know, when he did arrive at Iowa State, I think he impressed pretty quickly just in summer workouts. But he dealt with, uh, I think it was end up being an ankle issue. And so once he was dealing with that early on in the season, I think they got to the point where it, it wasn't, you know, where Jake Hummel, they played him on special teams. I think Vance would have had a chance to do that, but once he had the ankle thing, and I think once he got several games in, it wasn't going to be worth doing even that. And so he did redshirt, but now he's he's really asserted himself. You know, a few days into practice, we talked to linebackers coach Tyson Bite, and, and he brought up the four names competing um, at that middle linebacker spot to replace Joel Lanning. You know, two of them or three of them were Orion Vance, Tymar Sutton, and Cordarius Bailey. But he said at that time, none of those guys would be the starter. They would instead move. Regan Northrup from the outside to the middle because those guys just weren't ready. And obviously, a lot of that readiness is just the speed of the game. You know, when you're a freshman and a sophomore, you're not as used to that speed of the game and and then also the schemes and, and the playbook. And so that was the biggest hurdle for them. But then within the last probably 10 days or so, we've heard a lot about Orion Vance. You know, first Matt Campbell said that Vance was one of the four standouts of spring ball. And then, you know, after this final scrimmage, he said he didn't want to talk much about the third scrimmage without seeing the film, but he said, you know, you always see 34, which is, not, which is Vance, you know, from sideline to sideline. He said he's a really good blitzer and that he's got the body type to play and hold up and be durable in the middle. So it's very possible that come September 1st, so Ryan Vance is the starter. 
at middle linebacker, but Matt Campbell said that that race still remains open. I think Ty Mark Sutton feels a shot to push him there, and, and that will be an interesting race. But you know what Vance did in, in two, three scrimmages seems to have you know made an impression on the staff at the very least. Can you kind of give us an idea how uh, Kyle Kemp looks uh, throwing the football, and is it reminiscent of last year, or can you tell just from practice you can see improvement? Well, the biggest thing with him is just that he's healthier. You know, those last few games of the season, he was playing with a, a bad shoulder. Um, I think it's actually a, maybe more of a pec injury, pec so, shoulder in that area. I don't know. I've heard, you know, I think it was Akeem Butler mentioned pec to us, which was different than what we have heard. So, but whatever the case, in that throwing, that throwing area, you know, in any of his throwing motions were causing him pain, especially. I think really from after West Virginia on, but I think especially the Kansas State game. You know, it bothered him, and then the bowl game, he was healthier, but then that game, I think the wind probably affected him a little bit, too. So I think being healthy is, is the main thing. I think it's helped his arm strength a little bit, but he is what he is. You know, you're going into a fifth, you know, into your last year of college. You know, you're only going to change so much, you know, physically. I think they are trying to continue to get him stronger and, and those sorts of things like you would with any player. But, you know, I think he is what he is. The interesting thing is I think he's got more pieces to – kind of evolve his game if they're going to try to use their tight ends with you know chase allen and dylan Sater a little bit more they're going to try to use their running backs in the passing game a little bit more and so i think he's going to have some more options uh, but i think the big question for fans is, is always the deep ball you know because they see him for seven over to that deep game and they they know some of the struggles kemp had at times but some of that maybe i think coaches have attributed to his to his injury and so we'll, we'll find out we didn't get to see much of him this spring but i think a lot of the focus was more on jeb nolan to matt campbell did say probably made his biggest strides yet, you know, since he's been in the program. Talking Cyclones right now with our man Alex Halstead. You find his work over at CycloneAlert.com. Uh, another name I wanted to get your thoughts on was Greg Iceworth, who comes in, pretty big accolades coming in from JUCO, obviously a position of need with all the graduations at the safety positions. What are you hearing on Iceworth and a guy that plug and play right away, expect him to be a starter from the get-go? Yeah, well, Matt Campbell called him Saturday. He said if he was going to name a defensive MVP, it would probably be, probably be Greg Eisworth. And he said Eisworth has surprised them. He said that it's not that they didn't expect him to come in and be a good player. You know, they recruited him hard. Um, you know, Colorado, West Virginia, and other schools tried to get him as well. Kind of a coveted Juno, uh, Juco from a good community college at Trinity Valley and um, had been that Ole Miss before that. And so, a player Iowa State really wanted, they thought he was going to be good, but I think Campbell said he's just been surprised about how quickly he's adapted and, and, you know, matured and, I guess, you know, picked everything up. And so he's, he was, you know, supposedly the defensive MVP, and I think all signs point to him starting, you know, being at least one of those starters at, at their three safety spots. And so that's a positive sign for Iowa State because, you know, like you said, they do lose everything at that position to graduation with Reggie Wilkerson, Everett Edwards, and Kamari Cotton-Moria all graduating so at least you're going into the offseason with you know great guys with probably at one of those spots and the other thing i think he's much like uh, ray lima he's actually got three years of eligibility so i think it's easy to forget you know he's still an underclassman you know he's a, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore uh, so he's still pretty young but you know it's good that, that he stepped up and i think by lawrence white could be next to him and and matt campbell brought up keontae jones another redshirt freshman that could be in this mix and, you know, Keontae played a little bit last year, but they're, they're going to try to get a medical uh, hardship for that first year after he got hurt. And if he can add some weight, he could play next to uh, Eisworth as well. 
Um, I've looked at several publications, and Trent and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, so we'll ask you about this as well. And a lot of those publications have Iowa State in the upcoming season because of all of the talent that has left the Big 12 at the so-called top teams, like in the top four. Are you comfortable in saying that with what you've seen so far, or do you have them someplace else? Well, I do think a lot of those Big 12 teams are being lumped together. And so, you know, last year, you know, if, if you're looking at like, a, it wouldn't shock me if you saw several teams tied for like that fourth place type spot, because I think ESPN's FPI came out and this is all like, like you kind of alluded to, they're all kind of so early projections and over unders will probably come out in no time and before the season too. But I think I saw like four, four or five teams in the Big 12 are projected to go six and six. And obviously that's probably not going to be accurate, but I think it's just all those teams are, seem to be so close right now. You know, other than you, know, you kind of look at everybody's the, the top three. I think a lot of people think will be, you know, Oklahoma. People are really high on Texas, and teams that are, or some people are really high on West Virginia as well. You know, with Will Greer even being some Heisman stuff I've seen. So I think those three teams. I think people expect uh, you know Oklahoma State to maybe fall a little bit, although I think they'll probably still be up there. So you got you don't really have that that number. Other than Oklahoma, I don't think you have a team that you for sure know everything about. So I think it wouldn't shock me, but I think there's a lot of things that have to go right for them. And, you know, Matt Campbell has said it, and I know it, sometimes it's cliche, but he says their margin of error is so small. I think that's still true. You know, when when you're talking about this conference, especially the way they start their schedule, their four, their first four conference games next year are against the teams that finished first, second, third, and fourth in the Big Twelve last year. And so they've kind of got to get through that first part of the season, kind of as clean as they can and then their schedule lets up a little bit in the back half and that's what's going to be interesting next year is how do they how do they go through that when there could be some ups and downs early all right alex let's finish up with a little bit of basketball you have an article up on cycleandalert.com right now talking about prentice nixon a sit-out transfer will have one year of eligibility much like we'll see with a muriel shayok who sat out last season, will be eligible for one year this year. Nixon in a similar camp, and it sounds like Iowa State's one of the finalists. Yeah, so I texted with Francis Nixon yesterday. I haven't interviewed him yet. I think he's been a little bit busy with you know in-home visits and, and setting up these official visits, but he is down to four schools. He told me it's it's Iowa State, SMU, Illinois State, and Loyola, Chicago. And you know some people are think you know. Iowa State's obviously, you know, I've seen one comment, Iowa State should be the clear front runner in that, but, you know, there's, there's, his list is kind of twofold. One, obviously, he's from um, Illinois, and so there's two Illinois schools in there. Iowa State obviously is not too far from where he's from either, and so a lot of it is location-based. And the second thing that we've seen, and we saw it with Shayok last year, is guys who sit out one year and then play one year are not nearly as coveted as the guys who sit out, have to sit out one year and get two or three or grad transfers because a lot of schools – don't want to use a scholarship for one year to get just one year. And so, you know, for Iowa State, they're so deep next year that that's not really a big issue for them. And so uh, they're going after him. Steve Prohm was in yesterday. He told me that he's going to come to Iowa State on Sunday through, I think, going to leave Tuesday. So first up, though, is tomorrow. Tomorrow he'll go to Loyola. Then he'll go to Iowa State this weekend for an official. And then the next week he'll go to SMU and Illinois State. So, Probably a decision by early May. We'll see if Iowa State comes up with other targets to complement him. But right now, he's really the main name. And like you said, sit out next year and then play in 2019-20. Uh, and a six foot one guard averaged a little bit above 16 points per game last year to lead um, to lead Colorado State in scoring. And so 
kind of makes sense that that's what they would kind of look for with losing Nick Water Babs or Antali, Mario Sayaki, and if Lindell Wigginson comes back this year, he'd probably still be a good bet to leave next year. So you lose a lot, and that should be enticing both for Iowa State and him. It's always good, pal, when you take time with us. Thank you, Alex, as always. Great information on the Cyclones. Thanks, bud. Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. That's Alex Halstead, 24-7 Cyclone Alert. He's got everything that you need to know if you are a Cyclone fan. Always good stuff. Uh, Trent, we're going to switch right now, and we'll go uh, after the commercial break from the Clones to the Hawks, right? Yeah, that sounds great. we got Steve Batterson on deck. He's waiting in the wings. We're talking Hawkeyes next after the press conference with the offensive and defensive coordinators from the Hawkeyes earlier today. We'll get into that more with Steve Batterson on the other side here on Jimmy B and TC. 1700 KBGG. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Hey guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first, but then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today. Special engagement pricing going on now through April 30th. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus, and online at TheRookieSportsCards.com. Tonight's forecast becoming mostly cloudy and windy with rain showers possible late, low near 34. For Wednesday, snow will be likely. It'll be heaviest in northern Iowa, 4 to 8 inches there, about 1 to 2 in the metro, and a high of 37. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. Sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Spring Black Friday savings are going on now at the Home Depot. Like 4.5-inch and 5-inch Bonnie Veggies and Herbs. Spring Black Friday priced at 5 for just 15 bucks. You can't get any fresher than your own vegetable garden. And with Spring Black Friday savings like these, you're not only thinking green, you're saving green. Get ready for spring and Spring Black Friday savings only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. While supplies last, selection varies by store, excludes Bonnie Organic Vegetables, offer valid through April 18th, Continental U.S. only. Hi, Tom Bodette here. Apparently it's super cool to do this voice when you're trying to be real serious. It's called vocal fry. Yeah. So I just want to stress how at Motel 6 you can get a great room for a great low pride. <coughs> how do they keep this up? I feel like I have mono. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6 and we'll leave the lozenge on for you. Light, I meant light. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. 
all your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. You just get it through the experience. I'm a fan of a lot of our fast, casual cuisine. I love the theater and the shopping. My kids love to go to the parks. There's a lot going on musically. If you can't find things to do in Des Moines, you must be boring. This is a magical place. Don't miss out. Visit CatchDesMoines.com and plan your getaway to Greater Des Moines. Catch what you've been missing. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. It's time for your daily dose of Hawkeye coverage on 1700 KBGG. All right, everybody, welcome back in. We roll all the way till 6 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, We just heard from Alex Halstead about the Cyclones. Now Steve Batterson, Quad City Times, joins us on the Hawks. Steve, good afternoon. And what did you find interesting from the uh, two coordinators speaking to the media today? Yeah, good afternoon. Good to be with you. Uh, you know, a lot of boilerplate stuff for the most part. Uh, you know, certainly Brian uh, Ferentz was uh, uh, asked about what he's learned over the, his first year as an offensive coordinator and play caller for, for the Hawkeyes. And he certainly had some interesting responses uh, to, to some of those questions. Uh, uh, you know, uh, including a, a little uh, Star Wars reference that I'm sure is going to get a lot of play in a lot of places over the next 24 hours in the state of Iowa. Uh, it, it's been, you know, obviously a year of growth. And, I mean, I, I think a little bit of that, uh, uh, you know, maybe the little bit of the new car smell is off out of, out of the way now. And, and uh, Brian's a little more comfortable uh, with what he learned from uh, his first season of calling plays. And, 
and and he's certainly more comfortable with a, with quarterback in Nate Stanley, who is uh, uh, you know has a year under his belt as well, and and uh, as Brian put it today, is is moving closer to having a mastery of the Iowa offense, which uh, uh, which Brian believes will help the offense become more efficient in, in particular, and uh, you know Phil Parker talked a little bit about. Uh, uh, those linebackers, uh, certainly, uh, you know, a situation where three new starters are, are going to move into uh, into roles uh, this fall, and uh, it remains a work in progress. Uh, but uh, he did provide a few hints as, as to what he uh, what he's seeing right now that he likes heading into uh, you know Iowa's final practice on on uh, Friday that uh, will give everybody a chance to kind of see what's going on at least uh, a little hint anyway, not much of a scrimmage, but. Uh, certainly an opportunity to, to, to learn. You mentioned uh, a Brian, and you had an opportunity to, to hear from him a lot throughout the years. You know, he, he's a guy that he'll say what's on his mind. He'll take a couple of shots at people. I, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you talk about just a night and day difference between the old man and, and the, his son, Brian Fair. It's got to be uh, interesting because Kirk's press conferences can be bland quite a bit, a little bit different when Brian's up there at the podium. Brian, uh, you know, is a very uh, you know intelligent man who who uh, has a little flair for the language and and uh, you know he doesn't hesitate to express himself one way or the other. We we we've seen both sides of that here in the first year with him on the job and and uh, you know certainly I think that uh, um, you know I, he he uh, is a guy who who is is growing every day into into his role as, as the offensive coordinator of a Big Ten football team. And, and I think the job, as he kind of indicated today, was you know what he expected in some ways and, and maybe not what he expected in some ways. But you know, what he's tried to do is kind of take the, the best of each of those those piles of, of, of you know, what worked and what didn't and, and, and kind of learn from it and, and uh, you know, try to use both to his advantage as he, as he kind of works to put together this second offensive uh, unit that he's going to be working with. And I always got some questions they need to answer. And then, and you know, he he said that search is, is still ongoing in a lot of areas. Uh, I'd like to get your response when he said he likes to look at tape of Mike Leach at Washington State and Mummy as well uh, in Louisville. I'm just kind of curious what he had to say, or did he take everybody back a little bit since those guys just run those air raid offenses? He said he's enamored with with those offenses. It was the uh, the term that he used, um, and you know, not necessarily that he would ever envision himself teaching it or, or running it, but uh, uh, just simply that uh, you know he finds them fascinating. And and I, I think all good offensive coaches, you know, there's a lot of ways to to kind of do the same thing. And, and I, I think that's kind of where he was headed in, in his comments uh, today in, in that area. Um, you know, he, he's not envisioning Iowa becoming, you know, the uh, you know, basketball on grass or anything like that. Uh, uh, you know, he, he stressed that, you know, he feels that Iowa's strength has been that Iowa is Iowa. And they do what they do, and you do it as well as you can. Uh, but the point that he made was that, you know, perhaps you know you take a look at at those types of offenses. Uh, you know, they're every bit as efficient as what Iowa is when I was running the ball really well. They're doing the same things in terms of passing the ball really well and perhaps running it 
you know, only a handful of times during the game. But it, it all his point was it all comes down to efficiency, what you make of, of, of what you are and how you coach it. And one of the things he pointed out is he said, you know, the landscape is kind of littered with with uh, coaches who've tried to do things that they have absolutely no ability to coach or teach, and and uh, the results usually aren't pretty. So on the other side, we got to hear from uh, Phil Parker, and uh, one of the things that jumped off to me is an opportunity for some young guys to play, and Phil Parker throughout his years, even before he became defensive coordinator, he hasn't been shy about thrusting guys into big roles on the defensive side. We've seen cornerback safeties get looks early on in their career, and Sounds like maybe there's going to be a chance for some youngsters to come in when they get to uh, campus in June and, and maybe make a jump into the lineup. Well, I, you know, certainly there's some, some roles there. And he, he touched specifically on, on defensive backs. He didn't name any names. But, uh, you know, that's been an area where Iowa certainly, you know, has been willing to uh, to put, you know, a cornerback or a safety out there as a freshman and, and particularly at the corners to – you know, you think back to Desmond King kind of getting thrust into action as a true freshman, and uh, you know there there are possibilities there. And, and Iowa has what he feels like are three fairly solid corners right now, and you know, in, in Michael uh, Ojemedia, uh, Manny Ragamba, and and uh, also in, in Matt Hankins, who saw some time last year too. Uh, but there will be opportunities, particularly in nickel packages and things like that, for for an additional corner or D-back to find his way onto the field. And, and he feels like this recruiting class is strong enough that there certainly could be some possibilities there to make that happen. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see that play out as those guys you know arrive on campus in June and, and then actually get on the football field and in a practice situation in August. But, uh, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see a, uh, you know, a first-year guy or um, you know, uh, in that situation there. I think that's probably the most likely scenario. Um, I, I think linebacker is is an area where uh, um, you know they have some young personnel they're working with right now, and I think the, from what he told us today, uh, you know, I, it appears that uh, you know they're pretty pleased with what they see developing right now at, uh, at, with the kind of a core of six guys: two seniors, two juniors, and two sophomores. Uh, somewhat ironically, that uh, uh, seem to have kind of a lead on everybody else in that pack. Uh, Steve. Since they're going to have this uh, scrimmage, or it's not even a scrimmage, uh, a practice, they got to do it on about a 60 to 70 yard field because of the construction there. Uh, is that kind of disappointing, actually? Were you hoping to see maybe something a lot more than what you're actually going to get this uh, Friday? Yeah, you know, this isn't your father's Oldsmobile at all. I mean, you go back to when Hayden was kind of running it up on his reserves every year in the spring game with one versus two, and you know, and if it didn't come away sixty-four to nothing, Hayden wasn't very happy usually. But uh, uh, you know, this is going to be what it is. Yeah, it would be nice to have a you know a full-blown scrimmage, but uh, um, you know, given the circumstances, uh, you know, they they apparently did explore the possibility of maybe moving it to another site and. And then kind of shied away from that and decided to to just go ahead and, and keep it on campus. Um, go ahead and with the Friday night and and just have basically what will be the fifteenth practice. Uh, there there will be a little bit of a con- uh, controlled scrimmage towards the end of it, uh, but uh, probably nothing to get too excited about. And and certainly no secrets are going to be let out of the bag uh, uh, there. It's just a chance for fans to get in and kind of see what they've been up to and. Um, you know, I, I think there's been some progress, and, and certainly there's you know some areas where uh, 
uh, you know, I, uh, there are questions. Uh, running back, uh, you know, somebody's got to step up and, and replace Akramadley. And on the defensive side, certainly the linebacker spot is, uh, you know, a, a position of interest. So fans will get a little bit of a glimpse of that. But uh, I, it's not the type of thing that I think any of us will probably walk away with any great revelations. You know, reading through uh, the transcripts here, and it's always difficult to, you know, pass along tone, but read through Phil Parker's transcript, uh, seemed like he was pretty excited about this squad. There, there are question marks, no doubt, you know, inside of that defensive line, the defensive tackle spot, going to need some help in there. I know they've been moving some parts and, of course, three new linebackers, but at least to me it seemed that way. You were there, though. You actually got to hear it. Did you get that same sense from Phil Parker? Yeah, Phil Parker is one of those guys who, who kind of plays things close to the vest, but you, you could tell underneath that he really likes the personnel he's working with right now, and that's particularly you know, centered around the areas where I was most experienced. They've, they've got great depth coming back on the, on the defensive front, and you know, I think it starts there. Parker Hesse will not be in uniform on, on, on Friday night. It's apparently something fairly minor. Uh, they did tell us that today. Uh, but you know, I was depth up front defensively, and it's in its experience on the on the back end as well. Uh, he he feels like that's kind of a something that's going to even out that inexperience in the middle and at the linebacker spots. So it's one of those things I think that uh, uh, he he likes a lot of the folks he's got coming back, and it's it's uh, uh, you know a good chance and a good starting point for this to to become a, a pretty dominant defense. It's always good, pal, when we have a chance to catch up with you. Uh, you have a uh, a great week, and thank you, Steve, for your time, as always. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Take care. See you, Steve. There you go, Steve Batterson, Quad City Times on the Hawks. Always uh, good information uh, from Steve Batterson, Trent. Yeah, I love uh, talking with him. He was over there in Iowa City, and as we come to the end of the spring, if you missed it, yes, you will be able to see that practice as uh, BTN to go will have it so you can stream it. Uh, you can mirror it up on your television. Jimmy B., you know how to do that, right? I'm, I'm sure you got yes, that figured you, out. Yes, you taught me, pal. Yes. I, I know what to do now. That a boy. He's coming along, folks. He's coming along. <laughs> we're getting it all figured out. We're coming back for another hour. Stick right there. Coming up, we're going to talk some NFL draft and a whole lot more coming back in a moment. Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough. If you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to keep good records. We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. Bookkeeping, payroll, sales tax reporting, as well as income taxes, everything you need to be successful in running your business. We are not a chain and offer local and personalized service. You do what you do best and let us do the rest. Visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 Advantage Financial and Tax Services, located in West Des Moines. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we don't just show up with a dumpster and trailer in your driveway. We arrive with a business card in hand, ready to take care of your home. Whether it's a simple roof repair, a complete re-roofing project, or a new construction project, Wolf Construction can handle the job. Call Wolf Construction at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. We're a roofing machine. When you hear Washer Systems of Iowa, you think about pressure washers. The Washer Systems of Iowa does so much more. 
industrial floor care equipment, waste oil heaters, water heaters, accessories and parts, washers, used equipment along with repair, preventative maintenance, and operator training. Selling and servicing commercial cleanup equipment for 29 years. Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online washersystems.com. Sponsored by CERTA. It's the CERTA Spring Into Comfort sales event. Don't settle for comfortable. Get CERTA comfortable and save big today. Visit Archer Home Center in Adel or CERTAretailers.com. Have you been stressed with too much to do and too little time to do it all? Well, how would you like $50 to try an app that could change all that? That's what your friends at Tackle are offering you today. Download the Tackle app to get your house clean, handyman work done, junk hauled, yard mode, furniture rearranged, and much more. Tackle connects you with background check providers who can show up ready to work in an hour or two. There are hundreds of pre-priced chores to choose from. Or you can use the day labor option to get someone for a few hours to help with whatever you need done. Here's the best news. For a limited time, when you download the free Tackle app, you'll get $50 off your first job. If you're looking to earn some extra cash, go to Tackle.com and sign up to become a Tackle provider. Let Tackle show you how great it feels to get your to-do list done. That's Tackle. T-A-K-L. Treat yourself to Tackle. To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now at Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 623-18. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next day installation, 515-262-STAR. Hey, it's Trent Condon here from Jimmy B and TC. If you've been talking and thinking about improving your health, I have an idea for you. Do what I did. Call New Leaf Wellness. My weight had been increasing, my endurance during workouts was waning, and I was just feeling sluggish. New Leaf Wellness put together a program to help me lose weight, improve my energy, and they can do the same for you. Call New Leaf Wellness today at 515-650-1358 to schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's 